Hope to find the tool for you. Hi, and welcome back to Divinations of the Witches. The divinations type I will be speaking about today is called necromancy. Just some information from my point of view. I am not a great fan of this, as... I fear a few people will not like this type of divinations as it contains animals in a non-flattery way. Um, we will just speak about it, but just to inform you guys, I am not a big fan of this. Okay. Say necromancy to someone and they will probably shudder. Sh shudder. <laughs> It doesn't sound very pleasant, and if you believe popular culture, necromancy involves rising armies of the dead. Or does it? Alternatively known as necromancy, or negromancy, or negromancy, or necromancy. It definitely has a few names, but we will be sticking to necromancy. Um... I will give an explanation as to the name and why it is called that in later stage. So let's continue. The art and practice of divining the future by the summoning communication and or the aid of the dead. This is one of the claimed black arts practiced by witches. The practice of necromancy can be traced to ancient Greece, Rome, and Persia. An ancient Greek spell calls upon the powers of the mighty core uh, Hermes and Thor to bind the dead. And in the Greek geographic and historian Sabut refers to necromancy as the principal form of divinations amongst the people of Persia. Necromancy was also widely used by diviners, occultists, and magicians of the Middle Ages and in the Renaissance, Renaissance, Renaissance time. In its earlier form, many agree necromancy derives from shamanists. Shamans ask the spirits of their ancestors for advice. For the an ancient Greeks, it was originally the ritual you did before you could enter the underworld. It appears in Homer's Odyssey when Odysseus heads to the underworld for information about his journey home. Directed by the sorceress Siri, he uses a range of spells to speak to the spirits of the dead. According to Odyssey, he makes a drink for the ghosts, including animal blood. His necromantic rites must be carried out beside a fire pit during the night. It all sounds rather spooky. Though if you're going to conjure spirits, it's probably easier to see them when it's dark. Well, that's your choice, right? 
Necromancy. Necro from the Greek word means a deeper body and mancy meaning divination. A word crypted by the medieval Latin writers into negromanter can be divided into two main branches, divinations by means of ghosts and divinations from corpse, both of which represents related forms of forbidden knowledge. The second method led to the disinterment of corpse and rifling, rifling of the graves for the grisly charms from which magicians and witches considered necessary for the effect, effective performance of the magical arts. According to a ritual described by Cineria, the Roman dramatist, the summoning of the dead involved not only a blunt sacrifice, but a blood-dressed altar. To invoke the dead, the magician needed to obtain the help of powerful spirits, both for his own protection and to compel the corpse or ghost to submit to his will. According to necromantic traditions, there is a special nine-day waiting period that must be observed before successfully necromance can be done. During this time, the necromancer prepares himself for the ceremony with long hours of meditation upon death, animal sacrifice, abstaining from sex, wearing stolen grave clothes, eating unleavened, unleavened black bread, and drinking unreformed grape juice. Two things I definitely don't like in this guy's practice. Um, the animal sacrifice, of course. And eating and drinking food and juice, which is moldy and really disgusting. I can just imagine these people must have had some real big issues if they were willing to do this to themselves. According to some grimoires, the flesh of a dog must also be consumed, it is, as it is an animal sacred to the goddess Hikata, who presides over ghosts, dead, and sorcery. Following the necessary preparations, the necromantic ritual must be performed in a graveyard, beginning at the first stroke of midnight, the necromancer standing inside a magical circle, previously drawn around the open grave, proceeds to re recount a series of special incantations. The necromancer then opens the coffin lid and touches the corpse three times commanding its disembodied spirit to re-enter the dead body. Okay, first, um, 
I do not think the goddess needed you to eat the flesh of a dog to be closer to her. Um, There's definitely a better way of communicating with her. Um, And again, they talk about the grave disturbance. Um, You are actually digging up an entire body. Um, and then tapping them three times on the head to return them to a body that has started decomposing. I can just imagine how scary it must have been for the poor spirit that had to re-enter that body. So, yeah, definitely not a good idea. After the spirit, sex satisfies the necromancer by giving him the sightful information. The diviner then rewards the spirit by giving it internal rest. This is done by either driving a wooden stake through the corpse's heart, burning it to ashes, burying it in quicklime, or by eating its flesh. Furthermore, necromancers Preference, preferred summoning the recently departed, reasoning that their revelation revelations were spoken more clearly. This time frame was traditionally of twelve months or less. Following the person's death, an alternative form of necromancy was called psychomancy which consists of divinations by the shades or shadows of the dead. A word of caution around decomposition. Decomposition. If someone had died less than a year ago, you could take a shot at raising their body. But if you wanted to speak to a long-dead ancestor, you could only speak with their spirit. Some necromancers even burnt the body after reanimation, reanimate, to grant the spirit peace in the in the afterlife. Promising to do so was a good way to get back in their good books after disturbing them. Um, again, I'm not sure if some of these necromancers necromancers um, had a fetish of eating animals and dead food and flesh of a person. Um, it's kind of a little weird, um, definitely. It's not something I would recommend, I'm guessing, um, as that is called cannibalism. And yeah, that is definitely not a good thing at all. Famous practitioners of necromancy include the magician John Dee, Edward Callio, uh, the Greek philosopher Apollonius of Tian, Tiana, and of course the Witch of Endor. She who she does so 
and Samuel issues a prophet that Samuel will die in battle the next day, along with his army. He ends up rather distressed, and the witch feeds him before he leaves. His army is defeated, and Seol commits suicide. So, apparently, it's one thing to console the dead, and quite another to listen to them. In this place, I would actually say, um, I think it was more the shock of a dead person speaking to him, than actually him not listening to what was said. Um, but, again, divinations are used to consult a person, doesn't mean they need to follow what we foretell. Or, let's head to the first century. The Tishilian's witches. Um, Eric Thor built up a reputation as a necromancer after setting up a shop in the cemetery. Saxtus wanted to know who would win a battle of Barsalius and sought out her help. Ecathorus didn't mess around, so she found a corpse on a battlefield whose lungs and neck remained intact. She emptied its organs and filled the body with a potion. According to the legend, it contained snakeskin, hyena's flesh, and the foam from rabbit-raided dogs. Um, rabbit dogs. She called on Hermes, the messenger of the gods, and also the guidant for the dead. He helped her summon the corpse spirit and reanimated his body. Sadly for Saxtos, the outcome wasn't what he hoped for. The spirit told him about the impending civil war and, the, and alerted him to his own death. Strangely, he still went ahead with the battle. Just knowing the outcome was enough for him. Um, just in closure, if this is something you want to give a try, please um, use a protection circle and use some salt around you. Um, you can even include some black salt into your sea salt. Um, black salt is good for protection. Unfortunately, this is a human, your own choice to do. Um, like I said, I will see if I can find one that does not contain the flesh or the blood of an animal or any representation of animals in a bad way. And I will send it so you guys can have a look. Um, but please, I cannot say this enough. Use a protection circle because you do not know what you're going to allow into your area. Always be safe before doing anything. What does a necromancer do? As you might imagine, a necromancer isn't fun for all the family. It requires a certain morbid for frame of mind. Necromancers might wear the dead person's clothes to get into the swing of things. They eat food that 
represented decay. I figured out when I read that. But apparently they don't eat moldy stuff. They eat things like black bread. Yeah. I I still do not like this. Um, not only with the problem with the black bread. I mean that is beyond mold itself. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And the problem with all this is contains... The skin of an animal, the flesh of an animal, and rabies from an animal, or even sometimes it's blood. And I definitely was a little freaked out after reading this, but I thought it was something very interesting and something that I think most people do not know about. So I am also definitely putting in my own words as I go through each part. Just so that you guys know that this is definitely not something I would definitely practice. Um, yeah, necromancy sounds interesting and it might be fun. But I do not think that it is something that must be done lightly or if you are bored. This is something that is definitely uh, a long term thing. Um, and you definitely have to be in the right state of mind to do this. To be honest, it is not something I guess every person can do. There's definitely only a handful maybe left that can do this. And that will be the next segment. Does necromancy still exist? Yes and no. Necromancy practices still occur in Kumbando and Afro-Brazilian religion. But in the Western world, the destruction of cemeteries removes the opportunity to resurrect the body. So the practice seems to have moved out, moved into other areas. Sinus and spiritualism teeter on the edge of necromancy when spirits answer questions about the future. When using a wuji board, a ujamba board, um, board that you can communicate with spirits, um, could be considered a form of necromancy. Asking a relative where they put the winning lottery ticket would definitely qualify. Um, there is a lot less, it, well, it is definitely a lot, not as messy. Uh, then the other serious method, um, definitely something disturbing, drinking, having animals' blood for the ghost and sitting next to a fire in the middle of the night, I'm guessing in the cemetery is the strongest place. Um, luckily, most places no longer see cemeteries as a safe place to go and sit down and do those type of things. Um, but like I said in a previous section, I will see if I can find something that does not involve animals in any form or eating the flesh of a human or anything. Um, and might 
definitely not backfire. I'll have a look into that. And if I do find something, I will post it. I have no issue. I will definitely see what I can find. But again, my biggest clarity is always make sure you are safe. Use a protection circle. Put salt around you. Because definitely you do not know what's going to come out of anything. So that was Divinations of the Witches on Necromancy. Definitely a different way of using divinations. Um, as the dead definitely has moved on, they know the bigger picture of life. So yes, it is probably a interesting type of divinations. Um, but... I am definitely not a big fan at this moment about it. And I don't think it will quickly change considering I'm guessing most of the spells or rituals or incantations or potions contain animals. And I do not see me doing that to an animal um, to improve or to find out about the future. Um, if you have anything else that you would like to point out about necromancy, please do not do not be shy to send me a voice note or to send me a notification on any of my social medias. Um, that is it then. Hashtag 30 day magical root challenge. Day 29 was the moon. And what type of moon was on your birthday or your birthday? Uh, mine was a Virgo moon, even though I am a Pisces star sign. Um, it seems like the Virgo moon was across my time. Um, quick thing. Um, it says practical attention to detail, capable of keeping things in order, finding or re terrifying problems uh like spits enjoys to collect and systemize just anything uh hates chaos or through at times it creates it um the moon and virgo individual knowns okay apparently that the world is complicated and multifaced um, and many things need to be done to keep afloat in it. If he or she is an energetic person, they can easily become a workaholic. Um, I can definitely vouch for that part, especially when I was younger. Um, and up until now, I still fuss about endless details here and there. Um... I'm not quickly to relax or calm down until I've done everything I need to. So I'm just passing through here, way too much information. Um, okay, gifts for Virgos under the Virgo moon. Uh, since you have good memory and are very resourceful, Virgo moon people often succeed in areas where it's necessary to keep a lot of detail in mind 
I'm sorry about that. And they can systemize and put things in order, which is a lot of chaos, even though sometimes they create the chaos themselves. Um, they say most of the people born under Virgo Moon use this housework to relax themselves, which I think not. I am definitely not one to do washing or cleaning um, unless it is definitely needed and there's no way around it but otherwise definitely I do not do it for relaxing um, so the last one is hashtag 30 days magical root challenge day 30 which is to do with um, commitment I need to make at least five points of commitment to this. I have no idea yet. So hopefully when I do some yoga, it will come through to me. So that will come out tomorrow. If you have a question you want answered with tarot cards or oracle cards on the podcast, please send me your questions on Twitter at DOTWitches. Or on Facebook and Tumblr at Divinations of the Witches. And on Instagram, one word, Divinations of the Witches. If you want a private answer to your question, please email me at dotwitchespodcast at gmail.com. I will get you I will get your answer to you as soon as possible. Um also, I have started a patron patron page. Um, you can check it out at www.patreon.com slash witch uh, divinations of the witches, one word. Um, I'm going to use that if anybody does to see how many... Uh, people actually continue listening to this um, as I definitely started doing this as a way to get back into my roots and it seems like there is some people who do listen to this so I would like to continue um, but I definitely need to work on a mic uh, as I am using my Apple phone to do this um, yeah, so have a look, and to be honest, at this point, any person who would donate one dollar to me is a humongous help, um, so yeah, thanks again for everyone who listens, and bless it be. Till the next time for the next tool for divinations. This episode was brought to you by Anchor, the best free way to do podcasts. As Anchor gives you a recorder, editor, helps you release your podcast to all podcast apps.